Brian Smith here, and welcome to the Dream Path Podcast, where I try to get inside the heads of talented creatives from all over the world. My goal is to demystify and humanize the creative process and make it accessible to everyone. Now let's jump in. Jason Moore, my friend, welcome back to the DuoCast. Welcome back to the DuoCast, Brian. Yeah, it's always good to connect with you, my friend. We're going to recap Justine Bateman's episode first. Okay. What did you think of that chat with Justine? Kind of, you know, I really love that interview, Brian. First of all, Justine is just so down to earth and very honest in her work and her writing and directing. Just seeing the clips from various works of hers, including what I have seen from Violet, there's this very real kind of almost self-portrait going on where the character, which is played by Olivia Munn in the movie, is dealing with like immense self-doubt which is driven by this voice in her head that's telling her that she's gross and no one will ever like her. You know, there's this definition of insanity that is pretty common. And it basically says insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And I think in the case of Violet in the movie, you have this woman finally telling the voice in her head to fuck off and doing the exact opposite as before in order to make a positive change in her life. And so you know, you got to wonder if maybe this is something Justine herself had to deal with in the past in order to get back into a creative space and move forward in a positive way. Yeah, I agree, Jason. She has an authenticity to her work. And if you listen to the purpose behind what she does and her description of what she's hoping to accomplish with this film, this is not just traditional storytelling. Mm -hmm. She's actually trying to accomplish something with the audience. She wants to send a message with this film. And she wants to empower the audience to push back against the voice in their head. Because everybody has a voice in their head yep. that is negative and telling them things that are not helpful to moving forward in life. Right. And I think this is just a heightened version of that or a heightened dramatization of that voice in the head, which is called in the movie, they call it the committee, mm -hmm. played by Justin Thoreau. Right. And the voice cast doubt in Olivia Munn's head about her own self-worth. Yeah. And whether she had the ability to, you know, work outside of this film studio and make the leap to another studio and also be with the person that she was meant to be with, who was played by Luke Bracey. So what we see in this film is not only great storytelling from the standpoint that it's just a very compelling story, but the way the story was told really brings the viewer in immersively to the point where you really can't look at your phone or scroll through Twitter or social media as you're, as you're watching this film, right? because there's so much going on on the screen in terms of journal and diary entries appearing on the screen in front of you. And those are happening at the same time that colors and hues are changing based upon the mood of the characters in the film. Mm-hmm most notably Olivia Munn. And the result is an immersive experience like I've never seen before. And it was a little bit challenging to go from my usual mode of scrolling through social media as I'm watching movies or doing other things, checking email and that type of thing, right. to just boom, focusing on this movie. And I'm glad I did because it gave me a new perspective on storytelling and also really opened my eyes to what Justine's ethos is in the film community and, and what she was trying to accomplish with Violet. So um, it was a very compelling film. 
But the conversation with Justine is what's really resonating with me. And also, I'm getting a lot of great feedback on it too. Yeah. Folks are chiming in on social media saying, this is the episode that really resonates with them over the last few months. And I got an email from a former guest about it. And he said, this is the smartest guest you have ever had on the show. Nice. I can't disagree with him. Right on. Who said that? Uh, That was Jim Haven. Jim Haven. Right on. Thanks, Jim. So Justine Bateman ended the interview by talking about some other exciting projects she's working on. So we'll have to follow her career and maybe reconnect with her down the road when she puts out her next film. Yeah, I was going to say it would be nice to have her on again and just do some follow-up. So Jason, speaking of prior guests, uh-huh. Chris Kincaid. Do you remember Chris Kincaid? Of course. Of course. Of course you do. We talk about Chris Kincaid all the time. That yes. a rhetorical question. Yes. Chris Kincaid, for those who haven't listened to my interview with Chris, scroll back through the previous episodes and check that out. Chris is one of the most charismatic, funny, articulate guests we've ever had on the show. That's right. So Chris is a masseuse to the stars down in Hollywood. Yep. He is a, a musician with a band called Else Waves. Right. He's also a harpist. That's right. He has a very impressive harp collection. Yeah. He's the first harpist that I've heard play live. And he's also an actor. He's been in a lot of fun movies, including some Nick Cassavetes films. He is good friends with Nick Cassavetes and uh, connected me, as you may remember, uh, with Nick for an interview. That's right. Right after the pandemic hit. Yep. That was one of my first Zoom interviews after the pandemic hit with Nick Cassavetes, who directed The Notebook and My Sister's Keeper. But Chris has roles in a lot of Nick Cassavetes' films, but his latest movie is called Dreaming Hollywood, directed by Frank Martinez. And I had the pleasure of seeing this movie when it was a different name. Uh, It wasn't called Dreaming Hollywood at the time. And I I don't think it was the final cut of the film, but they sent me a screener and and it was... uh, really talking about an an immersive experience. Uh, It was kind of a combination of like a Quentin Tarantino film, Coen Brothers, uh, a lot of great directors sort of got together inside of Frank Martinez's head and resulted in this film noir slash crime drama about a deranged ex-con seeking revenge when he discovers that his screenplay has been stolen. Oh, wow. So I watched that movie last year. It made it into a few film festivals. and It's actually going to be available on a streaming service here pretty soon, and we'll make that announcement during the next Duocast. But the reason I wanted to talk about Chris Kincaid is that he has a new song out with his band Else Waves, and that song is called Overcome by You. Dance late with demons and laughed and danced away. You were not mistaken while we were sharing the view. Just like roses And mama I know that you know you do Now Chris will send me some of his tracks when they're released and he'll post them on social media and I always enjoy listening to his music and his guitarist Rick Knotts is uh, super talented. So whenever I hear a song that really resonates with me from a prior guest, I want to showcase that song. And so that's what I'm doing now is playing it for listeners. And I wanted to get your take on this song, Overcome by You by Else Waves. 
Well, I, you know, of, of all of the ones he has on there, that's my favorite one. And the video is actually pretty hilarious. <laughs> a lot of old dance footage and stuff. And it was very well done, very well recorded and produced. And I just think these guys are just having a good time together making music. You know, Chris Kincaid and I have been friends for a few years now. In fact, I think I was the one that introduced you to him on Facebook, I think. That's true. Right. And we got that interview with him a couple of years ago, and you actually went down to his place in LA and talked to him before COVID. So that was pretty cool. Right. That was fun. Yeah. And I was pretty excited when I found out that he was working with Rick Knotts on this project. You know, as you know, Chris and Rick go way back musically, like to Seattle. Um, you know, he used to sing with a band called Rail or Rail and Company back in the uh, mid to late 70s before their bassist Terry James Young took over on vocals and bass. So Rick Knotts has been a guitarist that's been on my radar for many years. And Rail was actually very well known in the North Northwest back in the early 80s as a pretty hard rocking band. So yeah, I think it's really cool to see uh, Rick and Chris back together doing something creative. And having fun. And having fun doing it. Heck yeah. And I, I think it sounds good. I hope they keep making it. Yeah, they're super talented musicians. And I think Chris and Rick hold a pretty special place in music history, especially in the Pacific Northwest mm -hmm. and uh, the work they did with Rail, but more importantly, the work they're doing now. I mean, they're still at it. They're still having fun putting out not only singles, but they are putting out music videos too. And those videos are pretty fun, as you pointed out. Yeah. Uh, but Chris Kincaid, just want to give a shout out to you and to Rick for uh, the great work that you're doing musically and creatively. And thanks for letting us talk about this song on the show. Now, speaking of music and being creative, mm -hmm. you have been working on some music projects lately. Oh, yeah. And you were working on some jazz tunes. Yes. Tell us about that. Well, I'm working on a couple of things. I think I sent you also some of the synthesizer music I've been making, which I haven't finished yet. I'm getting close. But yeah, uh, you know, as you know, when I play or attempt to create music, I kind of tend to go in a direction that I'm used to, which is in the vein of rock, hard rock, and most recently blues. You know, I was a guitarist in a blues band for almost eight years and did some recording and a bit of touring. So that's where my head has been for about 10 years or so. And once you've done that and stayed in that musical headspace for a decade or so, you oftentimes have a difficult time getting out of it and venturing into other genres, at least for me anyway. I can't just go from playing or creating blues music and just jump into a metal band. Right. Some musicians can do that pretty easily. I'm not one of those musicians. But recently I sent you a song that I did called Water Visions using fractal algorithms to create sounds made into MIDI files that I then add virtual instruments to to create these kind of really strange, melodic, almost psychedelic patterns. Mm -hmm. And I found that um, these patterns were basically playing repeated parts that were noticeable, odd time signatures. In other words, you have most songs or popular songs either in pop, hip-hop, or rock being played in like a regular 4-4 four, four, or 4-8 four, beat, like an even count time signature. You know, something easy to dance to or bang your head to, right? Right, right. Well, I, I was finding these patterns were repeating on the 15 instead of the 4 or the 6 or the 8. And the one that I sent you, I changed it a little bit, and it, it's in the 12-8 time signature. So that, I did that, and then I found by assigning instruments like piano, horns, organ, marimbas, congas, those type of instruments, and finding some nice, chill, kind of raw drum sounds to play over it, it created this very jazzy-sounding piece of music. And I think it's really, I really think that's what jazz is. I've 
never really been able to to define jazz. I think both you and I have always kind of been stumped by jazz, but I think what it really is is being able to play in a pocket of time where after a while you don't notice it as a time count. It's more of a groove. If that makes any sense. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does. It does. I mean, as a musician, I'm absorbing most of what you're saying, but not all of it, because jazz and counts are not really at the tip of my tongue. Right. As, you know, in my vernacular as a musician, I'm very much tied to the folk music, the 4 4 timing of folk and blues and that type of thing. Right. So the more creative you get with the timing of music and the time signatures, like with some of the Led Zeppelin songs that mm. at first glance, they may sound like traditional rock and roll songs, but there's a lot of jazz influence in Led Zeppelin songs where mm -hmm. you'll have the drum part on one time signature and the bass part on another and the guitar on another. Mm -hmm. And then there are certain points where they're all synced. And then there are other points where they're all seemingly playing in their own little universe. Yep. And so you'll have, talk about fractals. If you're visualizing this as a fractal, which you just type in fractal on YouTube and you for listeners, and you can see what that looks like. Mm -hmm. But visualize a situation where you have three or four musicians that are all playing together, but at certain points, they are doing things that are quite different from each other. So it almost sounds like they're in conflict with each other. Mm. And then at other points in the music, they're sort of merging back together and synchronizing together. That's my understanding of how jazz works is that the really inaccessible jazz, the jazz that's hard to understand and get into because it's not poppy, it doesn't have like a catch to it right. necessarily. Mm -hmm. Or maybe if it does have a catch, like in a lot of um, Charlie Parker tunes, you know, that's, that's a little more accessible or Miles Davis or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those are more accessible tunes. But the, the fractal jazz that you're talking about is more challenging. But also, it's like a math equation, too. I mean, that's what a fractal is. It's an, it's an algorithm, isn't it? Yes. Yes. It's an infinite, it's an algorithm that produces an infinite number of repeats and creates a, what's called a fractal set. And yeah, it sounds more complex than it is. I use a piece of software that does it and can make MIDI files out of, out of these things. It can assign notes to those various repetitions. And then what you end up doing is putting it into a piano instrument. And what you get is these really high crescendos and low crescendos of, of ascending and descending notes that you can actually change. You can move them around and make them into different things too. So, and that's what I did. I threw a cloud drum on it and it created this really metallic kind of sounding melodic beat. Let's hear what you're talking about, Jason. I mean, we've been talking for a few minutes about this in the abstract, but let's actually hear what you got going. All right. Well, here's a little bit of Water Visions. So are you at any point adding your own instruments, your own analog instruments into the mix, or is this all done on the computer? Nope. I'm actually playing along. I create uh, different parts with it. I'm actually going to put guitar over it. And there are parts in that song that I'm actually playing, like piano pieces that I'm actually playing. So yeah, in the case of Water Visions, I'm the one that created the, the main melody of that. 
And there's another song I sent you called uh, Broke on Time that the main melody of it is created by the fractal file itself, but then it goes into a chorus where I do everything. It's a complete change. Right on. Yeah. Well, let's listen to a little clip of that one right now, too. All right, let's do it. I really want to keep doing it because I, I'm finding that I'm finally starting to understand it. I'm feeling it. You know, I might as well, while the creative juices are flowing, just do it. Just think what will happen if you add psilocybin mushrooms to the mix, my friend. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't. It would be, it would be very interesting. I don't think you need it though, because this is already psychedelic. I agree. I agree. There's something about it that comes off as, as trippy, psychedelic when you listen to it. It's it's pretty out there. I mean, I had my wife stumped. She listened to it and was like, wow, you know, I don't know what to even say about it. <laughs> you know, she came up with the idea of having running water in, a, in the breakdown part of that, which is why it became Water Visions. I guess she kind of co-wrote the song in a way. So, Jason, we definitely have to include in the show notes links to any finished music that you have, any finished jazz songs that you are comfortable posting on the website. And of course, we are going to include Chris Kincaid's new song, links to that song on Spotify, Apple Music, and also the music video, which is kind of fun. And that song is called, again, Overcome by You by Else Waves. So, Brian, what do we have coming up next? Jason, we have two interviews coming up mm -hmm. that are kind of locked in, and I always want to knock on wood when I don't have the interview yet in the can, so to speak, but I'll give a sneak peek anyway. Ken Kinnear hmm. is a friend of my father's. He is a music manager. He managed Heart for many years, and he is responsible for starting a music venue, which became one of the most iconic, historic music venues in the Pacific Northwest. He started the Gorge Concert Venue hmm. in George Washington. Gorge Amphitheater. Yeah. For folks who don't live in the Pacific Northwest, you may not have heard of this, but this is our Red Rocks. Hmm. This is our outdoor amphitheater music venue where Dave Matthews plays, mm -hmm. where so many iconic bands have played over the years, beginning in the 1980s. My first concert at the Gorge was seeing Bob Dylan and Tracy Chapman opening for Bob Dylan. I think I've talked about that in previous episodes. Yep. But anyway, Ken Kinnear was at that time good friends with my dad, who was still alive. My dad passed in 03. And so in the mid 80s, anytime I wanted to see a concert, my dad would call Ken and say, hey, can you put my son Brian on the guest list? And uh, they would ask how many people. So it'd be Brian and you know 20 of my closest friends or however many people I wanted to take with me. So I was able to see some amazing acts throughout the 1980s and 90s, including Fleetwood Mac, Steve Miller. There's all kinds of stories that I want to share with you about my experience at the Gorge. But more importantly, for purposes of this duo cast and kind of giving a preview of what to expect, I think Ken is going to provide a unique perspective on the concert scene in the 70s and transitioning into the 80s and 90s in Washington State and why the Gorge venue specifically 
became so iconic. And he appears in a movie, a documentary that's now streaming on Amazon Prime. It's called Enormous, The Gorge Story. Nice. And so check that out if you can before I talk to Ken, or at least before we do the recap of that interview. But we'll probably launch that in late November sometime. You know, I'm really looking forward to talking to Ken because not only does he have this history, he's like a history book in terms of music management, rock and roll, concert venues in the Pacific Northwest. He also has stories about my dad, just like when I interviewed Roger Fisher of Heart, who was good friends with my dad as well, mm-hmm. flew the band Heart. Right. It's really nice. And you know this after losing your father, undoubtedly, whenever we lose a parent, we also lose history there. We do. We never get everything out of a family member who passes before their time. Mm-hmm. And so to learn about their lives through other people, that's all we have. That's right. And so, you know, hopefully in that interview, I can learn more about my dad, who I didn't know a lot about because he traveled so much and was kind of an international man of mystery. <laughs> but, um, you know, that, that's one of the fun parts about this gig, not only talking to guests about their journey into the arts, but if they have a connection to my dad in some way, hey, it's just a bonus. Total bonus. And such a cool experience. I mean, the gorge, if anybody in the Pacific Northwest is listening, they've never been to the gorge, I highly encourage it. It's a a beautiful venue. Um, They usually, you know, the concerts start in the later part of the evening or or later part of the afternoon, always into the night. You get to see the beautiful sunset right off the Columbia River there. Uh, It's just, like you said, it's our Red Rocks. It's so beautiful. And um, I heard a story one time about Ringo Starr uh, and his friends played a show up there and his all-star band. And the sun was going down and he he stopped and he said, I just want to have a moment of silence for the sunset right now. How beautiful is this? Mm. And he just turned around and he watched it for just like a little bit. And then they started playing again. He was just mesmerized by the horizon there, the the beautiful sunset just off the water there. It was so cool. It is a sight to behold. And you and I know that from firsthand experience. Mm Mm-hmm being there on the terraces, on the grass, Mm. overlooking the Columbia River Gorge and seeing that sun go down, smelling that smoke, that familiar (laughs) smell of marijuana smoke just kind of making its way everywhere. And the music and the alcohol and, (laughs) you know, it's all of the ingredients of a great concert, not, you know, for folks who are clean and sober, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful talking about how important substances are to the concert experience. I know that you can have a great time at a concert clean and sober. Oh yeah. And a lot of folks do. But sure. My connection and my experience at the Gorge was very much connected to just everything that went along with seeing concerts as a teenager and, and as a young man in my twenties. Yeah. And and sometimes that included alcohol. Oh sure. But it's rare to hear and see a musician express that kind of gratitude and want to take a moment of silence. And when you were describing that, describing Ringo doing that, I felt myself get a little bit choked up Mm. because it is important to have that gratitude for moments like that, those moments of beauty. Mm. You're never going to experience that moment again. That's right. It's such a unique thing to be there with that group of people in that weather, listening to that music and you're creating a memory that is going to last a lifetime. That's true. So look what Ringo did for that crowd by creating that memory and focusing on the gratitude of the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other guest we have, Jason, Mm -hmm. is a writer, 
and television show creator by the name of Courtney Kang. Hmm. And Courtney is a veteran television writer who was an executive producer on How I Met Your Mother for all nine seasons. Oh, wow. She worked on Fresh Off the Boat, and she is the supervising producer on the newest Netflix series, Pretty Smart. Hmm. She is also the creator of a series on Disney called Doogie Kamialoha, MD. <laughs> this is kind of a spinoff or different take on Doogie Hauser MD, right. where a young teenage girl who was a genius went through college and medical school and is now practicing medicine at the age of 16 uh, on the island of Hawaii. Nice. So I watched the trailer for it, and I think they're going to send me some screeners so I can check it out and be ready to talk to her maybe next week and launch that episode by mid-November. So that's the plan for right now. And as you know, as a producer on this show, sometimes things don't go as planned, but that's what we have in the works. That's true. I think it's going to happen though. So we'll, uh, we'll just keep plugging forward, Brian. It's all we can do. Sounds good, my friend. You bet. All right, brother. Well, you have yourself a wonderful week and I will talk to you on the next Duocast. Looking forward to it, man. Have a great weekend. You too, my friend. Hey, thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, I have a favor to ask. Can you go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave me a review? Your feedback is what keeps this podcast going. You can also check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with the handle at DreamPathPod. And as always, go find your dream path. 